We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principal, where we interview real principals who are doing amazing things to help our students every single day. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter, at Jethro Jones. Let's go ahead and uh, get started. Tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, your background, how you got to education, and how you became the superintendent of Kennedy School District. Well, um... I graduated from University of Wisconsin Whitewater in uh, 1982. Um, it was really tough during that time because there was a recession, mm-hmm. and so there were a lot of social studies teachers out there and coaches. I found myself waiting in lines interviewing. I was very fortunate to land a job in a small K-12 unit district in northern Illinois probably an hour and a half northwest of Chicago, called Johnsburg, and I began my teaching career as a sixth grade uh, social studies reading math teacher, and I really enjoyed it. I was also a high school varsity football wrestling coach. I enjoyed that. Uh, It was just a great experience. But there was a change in administration in the middle school, probably about my third or fourth year there, and the principal came in and asked if I wanted to be the dean of students. And I absolutely said, no, no way. And uh, I never really, really had any interest in being a school administrator, to be honest with you. But he was pretty persistent, and I made the decision to try it. And from there, I moved to the high school as an assistant principal for several years. And then I was uh, recruited to be a principal in a, in a high school that uh, we, I just loved it. We had a. Uh, kids that were native from 30 different countries. It was just a great experience. You know, we had our test scores were real low and it was a tough school, but I I just really enjoyed that experience. Um, As my daughter was getting older, I decided since I was going to be at work 
24 hours a day. If I wanted to watch her grow up, I'd need her to go to my school district. So I took a high school principal position in Brookfield, Wisconsin, in the Elmbrook School District. And it was probably one of the highest performing districts to this day I've ever seen. I've never mm -hmm. seen another district that was that high performing. When I say that, we'd have schools like Harvard, Yale, Stanford show up with lists of kids to see. Wow. A small example is Canyons has 33,000 students and about three national finalists a year. We had 1,400 kids in a high school and there were usually seven or eight and 30 committed. My daughter was one of those people. And so, so um, she graduated from my high school. It was a great experience. I actually never thought I'd leave. I was a high school principal. It was a great experience up in Brookfield. But uh, when she left, I was sort of recruited to go down to be a superintendent in the south side of Chicago in a one high school district with 1,800 students hmm. back in 2002. And um, we had the largest Arabic population in the area. I used to go meet with the Ayman like the priests of the mosque, whenever we had problems with the Arabic gangs, and just clear up the problem right away. But um, it was a unique community, a south side community, 15 miles from the loop, and I loved it there. I loved the south side of Chicago. And uh, from there, I ended up going to my previous school district, which was DeKalb, Illinois, where Northern Illinois University is. And DeKalb's a very unique community also because they have the second largest low-income housing in the state of Illinois. And when I arrived, this community actually passed a $110 million referendum to build an $80 million high school, $14 million elementary school, and make major remodeling to many of the schools. So, so I inherited this, this situation where we, we spent the first two years planning to open a brand new high school and move schools around and renovate schools. And mm -hmm. It was really, really, really exciting and a great learning experience. But because we had the second largest low-income housing, a lot of the inner city blacks had moved out to the DeKalb area. We had a large minority population, 52% um, economic disadvantage. And I was really proud of what our teachers and our principals were able to do. We, we implemented RTI probably better mm -hmm. than anyone. And I certainly am not going to take credit for that. There were a lot of people who were passionate about it that made that happen. But it, we really saw some progress in our our, winter, our fall to winter benchmarks, our local benchmarks that we measured for reading and math. And, uh, it really took off, and I felt we established a system in our district where we saw significant, made significant strides mm -hmm. in student achievement. You know, the scores probably still aren't as high as Canyon School District, but but what we did with our student population, I felt was, was amazing. I was also part of a community group that that had built a new police station, rebuilt the downtown in DeKalb. They had built a new hospital, a new addition onto the local college. So DeKalb was just a wonderful experience. We did everything. We redistricted. Yeah. You name it, we we seem to have been involved in doing that. And I was really proud of the fact we weren't on the front page of the paper all the time. And, uh, we, you know, we involved a lot of people. The school board was wonderful. Um, they worked, um, they were very interested in involving the community. And uh, they, they took a lot of input, put a lot of thought into what they were going to do before they made decisions. So it was a great experience. And in Illinois, um, 
it, you know, it was no surprise. You probably read about Illinois. They have many financial, uh, they, have, they have a financial crisis, yeah. to be yeah. honest with you. They have the lowest bond rating out of any state in the country, and that's because of the politics in Springfield. And uh, I love Illinois. I love the state. I love Chicago. But the pension reform was going to be the platform for making major changes in the budget. Mm -hmm. And with that said, I, I found myself in something that just shocked me, that I was qualified to retire. I had no intentions to retire, but I found myself in a situation that if I didn't, there were threats being made by the, the Springfield, our state legislature, that they're going to revamp everything. And, and if you don't, you know, at this date and time, if you don't retire. So many people like me um, in Illinois submitted their retirements mm -hmm. with really, I know a lot of my colleagues um, did the same as I did. They started looking outside the state because they weren't interested in, mm -hmm. in retiring. Um, I felt I had a lot of life left in me. The one thing I did do, though, this time, because I was able to retire, um, I decided, and my wife and I talked about it, to find a place where there's a really good match, where I felt I was a good match for that school board and community, and vice versa. And so I did a lot of homework. I had a couple job opportunities I actually didn't, I turned down second interviews because mm -hmm. I felt that that's not where I wanted to go. They were great communities. But when um, Canyon School District came about, I read the stakeholder survey. It was one of the things. I, I did a lot of research on Canyon School District mm -hmm. before I even arrived in my first interview. And if you read the stakeholder survey, I remember walking in and meeting with my assistant superintendent in DeKalb and said, who does that sound like? And she said, just like you. And I, I felt the same way. Um, what this district was ready for at the time was somebody possibly like me. So I threw my name in the hat with no anticipation of getting an interview, really. It was 33,000 students. I'm from Illinois with 6,200. Right. Ironically, in Illinois, 6,200 is considered a large school system. There's 950 school systems in Illinois. Wow. So 33,000 in Utah, I'm thinking... I'm going to throw my name in anyway, and I was shocked when they called me and asked me to interview. I was happy, you know, and I was interested, and when I flew in, I had never been to Salt Lake City. I thought it was just one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. It is. And I thought, well, if I'm going to, if I think I'm going to retire, it'd be, at least if I'm going to work every day, even though I can retire, why not wake up and work every day in a place that's beautiful like this? So I did, and I interviewed, and it worked out. I did feel like it was a good match. Um, that's yet to be seen, obviously. Right. Um, in my in my field, you know, superintendency is a title. Mm -hmm. uh, being a principal is a title. And you know as well as anyone that you have to earn the respect of the people you work for. And so it, only time will tell if I can earn that respect. Mm -hmm. So what were some of the qualities that you that the stakeholder survey described that you felt like you possessed? Well, number one was they, this time around, they were looking for someone that had a history in public education. Right. They, they specifically said they wanted someone that was a teacher, a dean, a principal, and so on. And you know, that that's something I've been, done my whole life. Um, and so the other thing that stuck out to me is they wanted somebody, they made a point to say, we want someone that'll be visible in all four corners of our school district. 
Probably one of the things most people would say about me in other districts is they saw me a lot and that I was very accessible and highly visible. I just enjoy being out in the community and I enjoy being in the schools and that's where I'll be if it's possible. It's a large system, it'll take me a little time to get around, but I already have. Right, you've been doing town hall meetings and you met with the teachers this morning, right? I did. And so talk about how getting out and helping or getting out and being seen why is that so important to you? Well, you learn. You know, you, when you take a new job as a leader, whether whatever type of leadership role, the biggest mistake I think a leader can make is just arbitrarily making decisions. Mm -hmm. In a district this size, I think for me to absorb and better understand how people feel and what they consider are the pluses or the, the positive things happening and issues and concerns they have, you develop a wider spectrum and a wider view perspective of the issues in the district and sort of a balance. Mm -hmm. So that when you do meet with your key leaders, you have this perspective that everyone else has and you can discuss that with your other leaders before decisions are made. I, I think it's important to understand what teachers and principals and parents and students feel about their school system and what they're concerned about you know, they want to be valued and have input. And I think you need to have, take a sincere approach to doing that. So that that's something that requires um, trust from people. How how do you build that trust time. so that they know? Time. Just time? Time. No one will think I'm for real. Mm -hmm. Not not based on some of the, you know, the, the overall culture in the, in the general feedback I'm getting. I've been through this before and in only time will prove that I really am who I am. Saying it means nothing. Right, absolutely. And and that's it's great that you recognize that I think and it's also um, great to be able to have the patience to wait for that. Right. The question is will will the board and will other stakeholders have the patience to wait to to be able to trust you more. Well, that, that, that's just part of the job. When you take a job and you sign right. on a dotted line, when you go to Alaska, it's going to take a while for them to believe you are who you are. Right. It, it's just the way it is. If you're consistent with your philosophy, your beliefs, and the way you treat people, chances are pretty good that overall, most of the people you work with in a year from now mm -hmm. will feel the same way they do when you talk to them now. Right. That's great. Um, I think that's such an important thing. One of the things that has happened in the past is that there have been some uh, some feelings of institutional bullying in our district, some bad press about people misbehaving. Um, how do you plan to to approach those delicate issues and and help establish that? Well, first of all, what happened in the past, I I won't simply I won't address because I wasn't privy to sure. any details, and I I, I don't get involved in that. Um, if you're talking about the staff and principals and issues that have occurred, the culture I want to create in the district is one that's trusting, collaborative, consensus building. And all I can say to that is that'll be what I attempt to do within the organization I work with, the leaders I work with, um, with the people I work with. Um, my hope is that there will become a sense that there's more of this collaborative 
approach. Um, I think the people who started this district did an absolutely amazing job. Mm -hmm. the re one of the reasons I'm here is because of all the pioneers, previous superintendents, the previous boards, teachers, the administrators, what they have accomplished here is just outstanding. Um, so how, how I move forward now and look forward with what they built, um, I'll probably spend a lot of time trying to better understand how people feel about the organization. And, and uh, I'm a culture person, and I want people to feel good about where they work. And the people who work with me in the central office will understand that. And, and most likely either take on my approach or maybe look for a job somewhere else. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, I, I agree that that's what we need as a district is to move forward in that collaborative mindset. And I feel like uh, that's what we want to do yeah. also. So I think that's that's the right thing. In in five years' time, what do you define as your successful superintendency? Well, if you're a property owner in Canyon School District, the way I define success is that it's impossible to buy a home in Canyon School District because <laughs> the school district's so good. The property value compared to all the surrounding school districts is about 20% higher. And is that how it was in DeKalb? Um, not necessarily. But, okay. <laughs> but um, we were hoping to get something like that. But yeah, the, the home, the housing market in Illinois right, right now is not like it is out here. So that's a, a fascinating perspective to me. A lot of um, people in education talk about um, they want to focus on test scores, how many um, students take AP tests, and how well they score. I just the did. ACTs. I just did though. You did right, and explain how that is connected and why, why you're why you're saying you're the success number one reason. The number one reason anybody like yourself with four kids moves into a, a community. The first thing you're going to ask, I believe, majority of parents, what are the schools like? Mm -hmm. You're going to make your decision on the school and the culture that you want. And so, what I just said encapsulates everything you just described. If my test scores are high, if people feel good about working there, if students are achieving at a high level, if kids are college and career ready, if things are happening and you're doing it the best, your property value will be higher than anybody around you. That's a good thing if I'm a property owner. Right. Because I know I can sell my house in a minute because every family's waiting to get in. Mm -hmm. Hmm, that's great. So nobody that I've talked to yet, and I've done about 20 of these interviews, nobody has seen their job as making the property values in the area. Why? Well, I, I didn't say go I, hard. You have, <laughs> I didn't I didn't I didn't see my job as that. I that, see the right. outcome of my job as that. Correct. That is correct. Thank yeah. you for clarifying. I could I could spend hours talking about you know having high test scores and and pedagogy and uh, collaboration and but at the end of the day, if you're doing it right, that's what will happen. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this podcast. Please subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher. And please feel free to give us a rating on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes so that we can help spread the word about how much we're learning in this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones.
want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE.